Welcome y saludos amigos a nuestra presentación Revenge of the Pod, a pop culture pod primarily focused on film and television. I'm your host Luigi. Jason is on vacation in the wonderful Costa Rica. He will let you guys know how that went when he returns, but I do have a guest host with me today. Uh, my guest host is Eric. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jealous of Jason right now. <laughs> yeah, the pictures that he is sending are amazing. They, yeah. They're... I I, uh, I saw like the zip line and, and that makeshift bungee jump he did. And of course, all the like waterfalls and, and forests. But yeah, man. It's, and wildlife. Uh, it's... Oh, yeah, dude. That picture of that baby, whatever snake it was, dude, I would have <laughs> had... I would have had two pan attacks, one cardiac arrest, and probably wouldn't have made it back in Costa Rica if I was that close <laughs> right to a baby viper. Yeah. Yeah, that was wild. I mean, even the the exotic bird that looked like a toucan. I don't think it's a toucan, but it looked like one. I was yeah. like, my God, they just have those hanging out out there? Yeah. That's dope. I mean, <laughs> are, are you impressive. Are you- are you in the group chat where he was sending pictures of like the different beer flights and then he sent the picture of the menu? Uh uh-uh. uh. You're not uh, so he sent a picture of a menu and it said forty nine it was like forty nine ninety, like four thousand nine hundred ninety. And like I my brain didn't register at the time that he was in Costa Rica and I was like, Good God, Jason, where are you like drinking that it's four thousand dollars for a drink? And he's like, dude, that's cologne, not dollars. I was like, Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> but wait, wait, all right. Now yeah. it's all coming together. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, Jason, I didn't know you had it like that, dude. You gotta hook me up with a job. I know, for real, man. Like, that would have been amazing, but no, no, no. It's just you can live like a king over there with American money. True. Very true, very true. All right, so for today's podcast, we're mainly going to be focusing on Last of Us. I appreciate you having us, uh, being here with us, uh, Eric, but I know you've also got another pod that you're going to be recording at the same time, so going to make sure that we make the most of your time. Speaking of... <laughs> expensive meals my cousin was in town and uh, whenever she's in town we go all out she always takes us out to do some amazing things uh she had a stay at the hyatt regency very nice hotel i was pretty impressed and we went to this place in san antonio apparently it's well known around chef circles he is a chef that's known throughout the country he actually came out on the hulu show that padma lakshmi had when she went to el paso he actually toured her around and made her a personal meal. Oh, His, nice. Yeah, I don't remember the guy's name, but he's in El Paso, and that's why we went there. But it's very much like high, high-end dining, where every course has like a theme, and it's like small plates. And I thought I wouldn't like it. I thought I was going to be like, nah, this is ridiculous. This is too much. <laughs> and at times, I mean, at times, it kind of is. But it was pretty impressive what they did with the food, man. And it was 10 courses. I started you meant every time I saw pictures of those meals, I was like, there's no fucking way that I'm going to get full. Like, how? How? I'm going to pay that much for that? No. Well, here's the thing. It's 10 courses. You, I was so full at the end that I was having trouble finishing my food, and so was everybody else. Like, I was, like, bloated full. That's, I was like, what the fuck? That's funny, because I, I always see that. Like, I love sitting with my parents when I'm back home and watching, like, travel shows and, and restaurants, and I always see these, like, 10-course, 12-course meals, and I'm like... I would fuck that up. Like, there's no way I would get full off of that. But good to hear that it actually does fill you up. Well, here's the thing. You know, it did come with, like, wine pairings for each one. I think uh, the, the wine may have filled me up. Yeah, that'll do it. So, yeah, so I'd have to try it without the wine. Honestly, I'm not a wine guy anyway. So I was just powering through because 
you know, it was already, it was purchased. I'm going to be honest. It was a, it was part of an experience that was already done. So it was, it was impressive, man. They did their theme and it was like Norteño. So pretty much the part of Mexico that we're most familiar with. Yeah. And they went through all these different themes and the food was, it was, it was fucking fantastic. It was fantastic. What can I say? Uh, it, it, was, it was perfectly balanced in every way. Every time they came to tell you about a meal, like you really tasted a lot of richness in everything that they were cooking, but it wasn't overdone. It's like, what the fuck? And then the kitchen was open, so you could see them cooking. And you, it took me back to the she- the the bear because they kept saying, yes, chef. Thank you, chef. And I was like, oh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, bro. I, so I, that was pretty dope. Know- that that's funny because I uh working in the restaurant industry you just there's certain things in my daily day-to-day life that I say like if I'm walking behind somebody or I'm about to turn the corner I'll say corner or behind like just because working in a kitchen and a restaurant like it's just you have to say it so that's you know like yes chef that's what my I say wife that, does <laughs> I say that to my bosses now and I'm not in any type of service industry I'm in the healthcare industry and I'll still say like unconsciously yes chef and they're like what and I'm like don't don't worry about it just keep going <laughs> <laughs> you just just do you. It's, the point is, I'm giving some respect here, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, so we, we did that. That was probably the highlight, and they even had some really amazing drinks. Uh, one that I kid you not, like, was pretty pretty high in alcohol, but it tasted like a cucumber, like, I don't know, like a cucumber smoothie, but like a drink, like a cucumber juice that was sweet. I was tripping out. I was like, this is the freshest, most, like... I feel like I just worked out type of drink, but it's full of alcohol. It was crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's I need one. Yeah. I gotta try that. Yeah, man. Hey, come to San Antonio, man. They've only got it for a couple months though. They change their menu every three months with the seasons. They oh, do wow. something different every time. Yeah, man. I was impressed. I, I was fucking impressed. The owner comes and talks to you for a while, specifically because he knew my cousin, so uh, he talked to her for a bit. And then they they have someone who does all the wine pairings. Mm -hmm. So she kind of introduces the theme that you're coming up to and why the wine matches with it, where the wine is from. And it's was it a was it a sommelier or was it just like a a person that knew wine there? I, I that's a good question. Okay. That's a good question. I did I'm, not ask. I'm sure she's either if she isn't one, she's either working towards it or something because people just have passions about wine. Yeah, they do. I mean, she was their expert, so she might have been their their uh what's the word you just said, Frenchie? Sommelier. <laughs> there we go. God damn it. You guys in your culture, I appreciate it. Is that like a wine expert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, uh okay, there's okay, like okay. I think there's like two or three levels to it. I think like level, obviously level one's like entry level. And uh if I'm not mistaken, Thomas's brother was doing it for a while too, up in like Northern Cal, but you'd have to run that by Tom again remember exactly if he was or wasn't oh that's interesting well yeah she definitely seemed like their sommelier i don't know if if she was just at that restaurant but she seemed very familiar with all the dishes so there was only one dish that she got totally wrong <laughs> I was like, that's not at all what we ate the fuck are you talking about she's like that's honey pecan funny. cake it was like an angel cake it did not have honey or pecans i was like what the fuck she was winging it. She forgot to say, fuck it. I'm going to wing it and see if it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was cool, though. Honestly, every chef that came to explain, like, had their own personality. Some were, like, you could tell they were there to do the cooking. They didn't want to talk. Others were like, 
you could tell that they would be the kind of person to invite you to their house for an amazing ass meal and then drinks because they know they know that what they do is dope and they like to do it um yeah it it was just interesting there was one guy who looked super stoned the whole time like he was having trouble talking it was great it was fucking great probably because he was let's be real that that's my expectation but he definitely was it cracked everybody up man we had a we had a hell of a time i have to admit i recommend high high dining (laughs) like i recommend it i always thought it was bullshit but after that i'm like well if i have an experience like that I, i i can see if I ever had that kind of money to just throw around for a special occasion, I'm gonna do it. Honestly, I... honestly, like even if it's not like a regular thing for you, if you're you know in your 30s, 40s, and just do it. Like you, you know, you're only here for a little bit. You might as well try things and have experiences. So I mean, and obviously you had a great time. So that should tell people like at least try it once. Like save up for it if you have to, but at least try it once. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. And I've had different chef experiences. Like there are these two chefs that do things like that, but they opened up their own kitchen in a small house and it had three courses. They don't come out and talk to you. They just serve you whatever they're cooking. They're not going to give you choices. Right. Yeah. And it it was fucking dope. And you got to see the chefs. They walk around. They talk to they talk to the guests that are there. It was fucking dope. I mean, I've everyone's had the food, the food truck experiences. Right. Yeah. I've worked in the food industry, so I know it's not what it's like having a chef in the back. Sometimes they're a little wild. So it's 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 fun to see a new version of that that I've only seen on TV. But let's move that, on. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Good. Um, <laughs> the next couple of things there's something for sure that you that you've seen before. Uh, Voodoo donuts. Katya, my daughter loves donuts, dude. She went wild with these. She like kept trying amazing. to eat. Yeah, they were pretty good. <laughs> they're pretty good, I have to say. They're if I want a donut that's humongous and has more of a traditional dough, I'd probably go to Duke Voodoo Donuts. I really like cake donuts, though. So there's this place called Duck Donuts. You guys have them over there for sure, right? Yeah. I, I, I fucking well, love it. Oh, no, we have Voodoo in, in SD. I'm not sure if we have that one. Check check out Duck Donuts. I'm sure you guys have it. Like, there, There's no way. There's no way you don't. I think it's from the the West Coast. That's why. So I'm like, you gotta. Have oh it. yeah, dude. I, I there's like four of them like in the general area around me. Yeah, check it out at least once, man. They're cool. They're more cake style, but they do custom toppings. Obviously, they make them in front of you. Uh, it's pretty dope, man. It, oh, it's pretty good. fucking. Yeah, they're they're fucking good, man. Oh. Try that shit out. Anyway, we went to Rainforest Cafe as well, just because that would be Katya's first time. Yeah. At first, she got scared, dog. She got scared. There was, a, there was like a, a snake head dangling and like moving. And she's like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want to be here. I was like, dang. I'm sorry, Katya. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good, man. Never actually been to Rainforest Cafe, believe it or not. Food sucks. Ah, Food fucking well, sucks. The sense. drinks suck, too. It is all for the children, my friend. No. Yeah. Okay. We, we had coconut shrimp, and that was probably the best thing that anybody had. My cousin, who is not someone who likes to eat like just whatever, she she I've never seen her get chicken tenders. She got chicken tenders because she was like, "You can trust this." I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> so you've been scarred by this place. <laughs> it's like a battered wife. Like I can trust this one. This one, this one won't hurt me like the others. <laughs> That's funny, man. That's funny as hell. Yeah, I was like, "Damn, okay." And both me and her husband, uh, we tried the coconut shrimp. I liked it. But I also got buffalo sauce because it kind of it was a slightly too sweet, okay. but it was very soft. So I, I enjoyed it. And dude, they even messed up the mozzarella sticks, though. Oh my 
you know what? You just told me I'm never going. Yeah, d- once, until you have a child, then your child will make you go at some point. Like I said, and... I'm never going. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you're gonna you're gonna have like thirty of them. You just no, don't know it yet. I hope not. They're all they're all over the country. Uh, there's yeah. <laughs> there's a little Eric army. Nobody wants that, dude. <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. Uh, okay. Then last one, I wanted to bring this up because it was pretty cool. It was an interactive art exhibit. Big shout out to Hopscotch here in San Antonio. It was okay. So imagine going to a museum, right? But almost everywhere you go in the museum is like a piece of art that you can mess with or that interacts oh, with you. That's cool. Yeah, it was a lot of stuff that was like visual, like visual, um, audio visual art. Uh-huh. For example, the first room you go into, there's like music playing and there's a, a giant ball pit. So like big enough for me to throw myself and like start sinking inside of the ball pit. Dang. It was huge. <laughs> that sounds legit. And it's it's in a it's in a dark room. All the balls are white. And at the bottom there's like lights that like go in waves of color in rainbow. Dude, it was it was my kid didn't want to get out. She was going crazy in there. I was like, did you just become a rabid animal? What the hell? <laughs> she was having so much fun. I was like, who is this girl? <laughs> That's awesome, man. Good for her. Good she, I'm glad she yeah. had that experience. Bro, I tried to get her out of there. She gnawed at my arm. It was wild. I almost didn't make it out. Almost didn't make it out. Then. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, man. I did funny. I did have to get stern with her. Like, hey, we're getting out. We're gonna see the rest at least. We I did we they did not just pay for us to hang out in a ball pit for a fucking hour. Yeah. So <laughs> we got out. And there was some simple stuff like there was this giant round room that felt more like a, like it would be good for calming down or meditation. And it was all one color. And then again, it would change into different colors slowly. They had one that was a kaleidoscope that you could mess with. And then you could get behind it to make silhouettes. And you could even touch the kaleidoscope because it was cloth. And so you could see it ripple. It was pretty cool. They had a maze. They had like this, uh, this light tunnel that was made out of a, like tons and tons of like solid white plastic bags oh, wow. and then it, in one of the back rooms they had like all of the walls were full of like mural art and there were about one two three four five. there i think there were five or six different murals uh separated by pillars and then there's one in the back that they were they were superimposing like visual effects onto it mm-hmm. and there was a woman's face i gotta show you what a video that I have of it. It was it was really cool. I can't I can't recommend it more. Right outside of it, there was a little bar where you could have drinks. There was a little snacks snack area where you could have some like Mexican snacks. They had churros with all the different flavors, and they were minis easy <sighs> carry. They had fucking like uh, different Mexican chips, and they had sauces. It was dope, man. I had I had a great time. Really wanted to give it a shout out. Hopscotch. I don't know if you guys, I mean, you live in an area that's most likely got a good amount of Hispanics, right? Yeah. They had a, they had a lot of, like, Hispanic stuff. So I'm, I'm sure you guys have something similar that's maybe even, like, bigger since you're in San Diego. Go check it out, man. If they got something like it, check it out. I'd have to look into it. I'm, I'm not sure. It sounds, I mean, Hopscotch, what you said in San Diego, or San Antonio, sounds awesome. So if I can find an equivalent to that out here, I'll definitely go check that out. Yeah, man, check it out. Let me know what it is because it was one of the coolest experiences. And I know you guys have had like traveling versions of that. Oh, but that's in Phoenix. I don't know about San Diego, actually. Yeah, they'll probably go there too. Anyway, 
We'll move on, though, and we'll go into trailers. Now, Eric, I've got one for you this week. It's it's from Lionsgate. It only says coming soon. It did not give a date. Uh-huh. This film is called Sisu, and it is an old Finnish commander or military member who is living during, I guess, Nazi, during the Nazi, uh, the Nazi takeover. Okay. And he lives in a remote area, so he's not really affected by much. But he was digging on his land. And at one point, he ended up hitting tons of gold. And so he's taking it, and that's the reason he's going off on this trip. He runs into Nazis, and they try to take him down. And just slowly becomes this thing where he has to fight more and more Nazis. Because they're trying to hunt him. But then they piss him off, and now he's hunting them. You know, one of those typical action movies. It looks fantastic, man. I don't know. I, I'm a big action fan. I'm gonna go watch that. There's, it's the, it had a gory uh, trailer. I was like, oh my god, there's some crazy ways that he ends up killing Nazis. So I was like, this is gonna be a wild ride of a movie. I, I actually think you might enjoy this one, man. Um, I haven't seen the trailer. From what you've said, I think I really will enjoy it. Um, I just looked it up. It says uh, arrives in theaters on Friday, April 28th, 2023. Oh, then I'm a lying dirty whore because there is a date, guys. I apologize. <laughs> well, no, well, I mean, <laughs> what you saw may not have a date, but I'm saying now I looked into it and it, it does say that. Um, and and that actually comes out a, a, a month after John Wick 4, um, which is going to be sick. We're going to have two crazy action movies. You know, you know what's funny that back. you say that? It is, uh, it is some of the same people that did John Wick. Yeah, that, that even... that, I think that's why this article is saying that because I think it is, if I'm not mistaken, what I read here at the beginning is uh, uh, it's the same director, Jalmari Herlander. Helander. Oh, shit. I can't wait, man. I'm excited yeah. for both of those. I love John Wick. I think it's one of those uh, classic action movies that doesn't come around as much anymore. Yeah. And they do it so well because of the new fighting style they use. Which, by the way, shout out to uh, Birds of Prey for using the same choreographers. That's what made that movie stand out for me in terms of their action sequences. You haven't seen that one yet. I would say out of the DC films, it's one of the better ones. Like it, it, It's more cohesive. It makes more sense. Uh, Margot Robbie does her thing. You know, I'd, I've never seen her do bad in a movie. Even if the movie's not great, she still stands out, so it. I would definitely recommend. I I thought Ewan McGregor honestly stole the show a lot of the time because he's such a fucking. You know what? I I won't say more. You got to watch that man. Got to watch that one. That definitely fits super well with the style that they did for uh, the Suicide Squad by James Gunn too. I think it fit really okay. really well. Yeah, I'll take a look at it. I mean, I, I it's in the queue. I just you know. Things come up, other stuff comes out, and it's just kind of one of those that fell into the cracks. But I'll, I'll, I'll peep it eventually. Yeah, I know how that goes. There's never enough time to watch it all. Yeah, exactly. All right, getting into TV land. Now, Eric, I'm sure you have not seen this, but I promise you, I am recommending it to every person I know because I've never seen anything like it outside of the actual Olympics. But this one, you get more personal with each one of them. It's called Physical 100. Now, I was talking to Jason about this on a few other episodes. Like, I finally got to see the finale. And uh, although the person that I was going for lost, I thought it was one of the greatest ideas. And I really want an American version so bad. Because this one's 
uh, South Korean. And I was yeah. totally invested. And I didn't even know who a bunch of these people were. So That's why I was like, what? So I'm These not are amazing athletes. Huh? Me, I'm not even going to lie to you. Me and Jermaine were, uh, you know, one night just kind of looking for something to watch. And we watched the preview of that. And we put it in the queue. And then I went back and started watching, like, the first five minutes of it. And it seems like a cool idea. But one of the main reasons why I can't get into anime and one of the main reasons why there's a lot of good shows like and good movies that I still haven't seen is because I don't do dub. I hate you dub. Don't. What, I what, hate dub. Give what me about subtitles. Sub? Give me you subtitles. can do it with subtitles. You can Give do me... it in the original Korean with subtitles. I would rather do that than have dub. I don't know what it is. Is it my brain cannot get my brain cannot take its mind off, like cannot take its focus off the words not matching the lips. My, my, my brain just cannot do it. So if just I do it subtitles, I'm cool yeah, yeah. I can do because I, I don't mind reading. Like, you know, it is what it is. But, and I guess they sub it for kids. But for me, like, no, just give me the subtitles. I can read it and piece together what I know. That's hilarious. I'm, I'm the opposite. Unless the movie is already like that, like, I can't do it with anime. Um, I cannot do a uh, subtitle. I'm like, no, no. Although with live action, yeah, I would probably prefer subtitle. Either way, man, you should check it out because honestly, like they had Olympic wrestlers, they had MMA fighters, they had national cyclists, they had national snowboarders, they had like mountain climbers, mountain rescue, they had cops, they had people from the military. It was like literally, they had stunt people. Every kind of athlete or person that uses their body in a certain, in a different type of way was there like they had dancers one of the dancers made really fucking far yeah okay. made it really far nice yeah and it was just so cool to watch these people perform these physical feats as like individuals and as teams i i would highly recommend you do it subtitled in in the original korean man it's fucking worth the watch it is and when you're done tell me that you don't want to see a version of it from pretty much like every country uh, it's dude, fucking I'm, sick. I'm, I'll keep it and I'll let you know. It sounds. I mean, it, the, the the it looked great from the preview. It was just like I said, mentally for me, it's a whole thing. But now that I know I can do subtitles, I'll probably just binge it tomorrow while I'm working or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you can even just do subtitle for Squid Game too. And never, I dubbed that one. Never, never watching that TV show. We don't got to get into it. We can keep it pushing, but I'm never watching that. TV show. <laughs> Oh, okay, I was just making the because they're both in South Korea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but don't even talk to me about that shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, next one up for me. Speaking of anime, I actually watched the first My Hero Academia movie. I was telling uh, our listeners throughout this time that our as a family we've been watching the show and now we're starting to watch the movies. The show is so dope, man. It is so dope. I feel like kids growing up with this show would feel the same as we did with like Dragon Ball Z Mm -hmm. for those who watched it. Yeah. It was like, oh man, this is an awesome show. Yeah, it's it's definitely a good show for like everybody to watch. And I I recommend that one too, man. I know that you don't get into anime too much, but that's one I recommend. I mean I I just got uh Crunchyroll, so I'll put it in the queue and and see because I've I'm actually doing like I'm making an effort to get into more anime just because you know, I've seen some stuff and I see how great it really is and I'd like to get into it. Um, and then not to take us off, you know what, I'm not going to take us off topic, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to kind of start watching more anime and get more, you know, get more familiar with it and, and just explore it. So I'll, I'll put it in the queue and, and watch it one day. 
Hey, uh, just to give you more bang for your buck, you know Hulu has like all the all the Funimation stuff, which it's not as many episodes of anime as as a uh, Crunchyroll, but it's pretty close. Okay. Well, I mean, and, I, I I just for me it was the reason I went with Crunchyroll is because they have Dragon Ball Z. So. So does Funimation. I, I can't find it on Hulu. They have Dragon Ball Super and they have Dragon Ball, but they don't have Z or GT. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought I had it. No, I'll they have, have Super check. and regular Dragon Ball, but they don't have GT or Z. Oh, that'd be yeah. Okay, touche. I get you. I always wanted to finish GT, even though everybody hates it. I'm like. I was a kid when I watched it. I still kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our feature presentation, though, because this is a big one. I think there's a lot to talk about in this. It is Last of Us Episode 7. Yep. There's a lot to compare from the show to the game. There's a lot of things to unpack in terms of like Ellie's relationship with Riley and how that relates to Joel, especially in that moment. Yeah. It was it was impressive, guys. Uh, from here on out, spoiler zone, guys. We are not going to hold back on anything. We're just going to talk about what happens in the episode and in the game right as it goes. So just spoiler warning now so that we can get into the conversation and not have to suddenly stop to tell you. One more time, spoilers alert. <laughs> Somebody's still going to go past this and be like, Dude, you guys ruined it. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, no, do it on like purpose. Jesus times. Christ, man. that that would be perfect that would that would definitely be the right expectation i teach uh i teach a school at a school so i know how much people don't really enjoy following directions you know yeah our entire society doesn't know how to pay attention oh yeah that's that's pretty accurate now right as we get into it this is actually based on the prequel to the first game. So the first game released, and then they had a DLC, which was called Left Behind, which is a very fitting name when you see what happens at the end, right? Yep. You can see why it's called Left Behind. You're like, oh, it's because of the ones who are left behind. Yep. You know, that, that famous saying of like, the ones who the ones who die, or a lot of people say they're the lucky ones, because the ones that have to deal with it are the ones that are left behind. Yep. So that's that's definitely what you feel at the end. Uh, of this episode in a heartbreaker of an episode, but aren't they all at this point uh, for Last of Us with Ellie, man? <laughs> this this show has a beautiful way of making the end of every episode heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they want to outdo themselves every time. Like, hey, let's show you this beautiful thing yeah. and then destroy it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, they're doing a good job of it, so... I know what 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 I will say though is that they make a point of like showing that the end of the world doesn't have to be the actual end of the world like people if we're talking about the actual end of the world then there would be no people left right we're just slowly watching the 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 species die off but in this version that's not what it is right they are finding ways to survive to exist yeah. among these this fungi you right these mushrooms that took over I know they're not mushrooms but you you get the point essentially yeah, pretty much. They're, they are a fungus. Right? It is a fungus, right? So I wasn't wrong. Um, but yeah, so first thing in the game, obviously, you see that, that this is a big story of Ellie's first crush. And it it plays it pretty damn close to the the downloadable content, like down to the things that they do while they're there. I think the only big change was uh, in the arcade scene, the game they are playing. That one probably, I was assuming it was for the rights to do it. 
Okay. But I was listening to a little bit of the creator podcast and it was because they would have actually had to recreate the game inside of the game when they did it for the game. So they would have gotten the rights. It would have just taken too long to recreate the game within the game. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I was like, huh, what an interesting detail. Yeah. Now the show opens up with Joel bleeding out inside of a house that looks exactly like the house. Ellie. Well, not exactly, but it's very much the same style Mm -hmm. uh, as, as the house that Ellie hides him in, in the game. It's, it's very interesting, even to the point where it's like, it has the downstairs area. Joel is bleeding out. He's telling Ellie, like, just leave me, just go. And of course, Ellie's like, fuck you, man. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Now, some people some people found this to be annoying that uh, Ellie is always so combative with Joel. But I feel like even in the game, like maybe not as much, she has been that character. And it makes sense. She's like, a, what, she's supposed to be like a 13, 14-year-old girl? 14-year-old, yeah. That's exactly what 13, 14-year-olds do. Like, I work at a school that goes K to 8th, and all of those middle schoolers are... Well, they are they are um, combative, is yeah, what I will say. Yeah, they, they definitely are combative. Um, and 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 you have to put it in the context. I don't who cares? Like people that are getting annoyed by that. Like one, they're living in probably the crazy. If this were to happen, the craziest time in the history of society. Um, two, she's been, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of a spoiler over here, but it seems like everybody around her leaves her or dies, right? And mm-hmm. it's not like Joel wanted her. He he made a promise to oh what was her name Teresa, and to Tessa Tessa, Tessa yeah. there we go yeah he made a promise to Tessa and he's a man of his word so he does it so she doesn't necessarily feel like and I see you you see the bond happening and and, and they're getting closer and closer but of course she's going to be competitive when she doesn't feel like he wants her or 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 you know he feels like she feels like a burden to him so I mean that's just a part of human nature and and like you said a thirteen year old fourteen year old. Right, because at that age, they always want to feel like they can do whatever an adult does, and they never really can. That's why you know she actually looks up to him, because she tries to do the same things he does, but she knows that without him, it is going to be a lot harder to make it in this world. She's constantly throughout the show, if you're watching, she's like, oh, you're going to teach me how to do that? Oh, you're going to teach me how to do that? Like, with the shooting a rifle and with hunting a rabbit. Like, she's always always trying to learn from him. Yeah, he he is her fucking hero, which I love, because, I mean, in the game, you get a sense of that. But in this one, like you see it more. You see the things that she wants to do more. You see that he has slowly taught her how to do certain things. Now, yeah. as we see in this episode, he did not teach her how to fight, though, because yeah. it cuts to the Fedra school after she tries to go upstairs. Then you know she's. They try to make it seem like she might leave, but if you played the game and you just watch enough television, you know that that's just a that's just a ploy. They're just trying to trick you. Yeah. Uh, so it cuts to the Fedra school, and she's running. And she's got a fucking Sony Walkman. Do you know how much those things are nowadays? Dude, I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm assuming be, I, it, could, it could go either way. It could be cheap because you can get it at Walgreens for like $4 or they're expensive <laughs> as hell because they're like an antique and people like hipsters and, and collectors are, are starting to buy them. I'm going to guess it's the antique, but there are new versions of Sony Walkmans. I was talking about this previously. And there are new versions of Sony Walkmans, like current but they can connect to like instruments and amps and they can like help you with, with uh, recording music as well as holding music. I was like, Oh, so it's become like an industry, an industry item, not so much a commercial item. Huh? That's great. I didn't know any of that. I'm going to have to look into it. That's super awesome. Yeah. That was a weird side note, but I was looking at it cause I was like, 
you know what? Because I was thinking to myself, I, I wanted something that just had music because the inner, so long before I ever watched uh, Last of Us or even Walking Dead, because they're very similar shows in a lot of ways, just one is a lot better. <laughs> um, I, I, had, I used to watch a show called Doomsday Preppers. And at first I watched it thinking, oh, these people must be crazy. And the more I watched it, I was like, I need to be doing these things. I need to be finding ways to, to, to survive when the world ends. And so that still comes to my mind every once in a while. I'm still slowly like buying random camping materials that I don't need because I'm like, one day, one day when the world's over. <laughs> I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready. Everyone else is going to be like, you're stupid right now. And then when the world ends, who's going to need that shower tent? not me (laughs) Uh, anyway so i was looking at like mp3 players something that just holds music and then i was looking at like solar powered chargers right and so i saw the walkman i was like oh a sony walkman i love sony let's check it it was like six hundred dollars six hundred dollars no that that's ridiculous i know i don't have that kind of money just for uh, an mp3 player i don't have an instrument i'm not gonna be recording music it doesn't it doesn't apply to me. It's not my my thing. <laughs> bro, bro, it's fun, and and I'm not gonna go too deep into this because I know we gotta keep it, you know, structured. But um, I thought about this long and hard, and like, if the end of the world situation or zombie apocalypse presents itself, like theoretically, I have the the human instinct for survival, and I I theoretically would try to fight to live. Uh, but if I don't have like music and movies and and just the things that I've grown accustomed to as a 21st century person, like dude, just look. If I don't get bit in the first outbreak, like I might survive for like a while, but I'll get tired of it. And I think I would just like jump off the Hoover Dam or something. Like fuck it. That's what I'm saying. That's why it was <laughs> one of my thoughts. I was like, I gotta find ways to keep the stuff that I love. Yeah. <laughs> and funny enough, she's got that Sony Walkman. She's taking her laps, and they take you right into the story to see what is going on and where is Riley and where does she stand at this school? Because this much bigger girl bumps her, right? Yeah. And it shows how small Ellie is and how small Bella Ramsey is, really, and how she is. It doesn't matter who's who's stepping up to her. She's got that mouth. And she's not going to back down. And she is going to fight tooth and nail for whatever it is. And it was funny because the friend was like, or the girl was pretty much saying like, Ellie says, I don't want to fight about this, which I thought was a bit of a lazy line. It didn't, it didn't deliver super well, but I thought, eh, it's, it's fine. They're, they're pushing the story forward. They can't, I can't expect gold on every line, but the girl says, fight about it. You're not going to fight me. Like that was your friend and she's not here anymore. What are you going to do? And they both give each other a look like step up. And then of course you see Ellie getting ready and the girl is like, Oh, I made a mistake. (laughs) And of course it cuts, it cuts to, (laughs) uh, it cuts to the Fedra officer uh, telling her like, she's got 15 stitches. Here's what's going to happen. Right. Uh, Before, before I say that though, on the, on the Walkman, they're playing Pearl Jam. It was a pretty good song. Are you a Pearl Jam guy? Um, so I have a love hate with them. Uh, I hate the fact that Kurt died and people like kind of gravitated towards Pearl Jam and crowned them the next like, uh, you know, a grunge whatever. But you know they are great. But if Kurt didn't die, they'd be less impactful of a band. But that's all I'll say about it. Oh, okay, okay. No, that's fair. I think they've gone into a lot of different experimental stages throughout their career. I've known some people that are like fanatics 
and they would probably be screaming at us right now, like, you don't know what's amazing. I'm like, well, fair enough, what's fair enough. Called, uh, what's his name? It's, uh, I forget his first name, but Vetter. Is it just Eddie Vetter? Eddie, Eddie Vetter. Um, that motherfucker has some a cult following, man. Like, I, I know people that are just obsessed with that guy. Right, his solo stuff, Temple of the Dog, yeah, Pearl love Jam. Vetter, man. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's a pretty talented dude. I got to give it to him. He looks like such a hippie, too. I saw him live. It pretty damn good, I got to admit. Like, he had, he definitely had some some talent, and he had some, an interesting style and did not care about what, what expectations were of his style of music. He just did what he wanted. So I was uh, like, huh, respect, my, Eddie. Uh, my big brother likes to call him the uh, the discount version of the guy from Radiohead. What's his name? Tom York. Tom York. He calls him the discount Tom York. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Well, I will say that uh, Tom York seems a little more full of himself, but man, I love Radiohead. Yeah. And I love Tom York's stuff. I, I like that's some of the most influential and you know, just imaginative rock music that we got from the 90s. But yeah. we're getting off track. Let's yeah. get back. <laughs> Let's get I back. I knew this was going to happen with us, dude. <laughs> well, when we get into it, man, we talk about all kinds of stuff. It is what yeah. it is. So the officer is talking to Ellie. And he's pretty much saying, you know, you have two ways you can do this. I know what your potential is and you can stop fucking up. You hit, you're going to get a chance today or you can keep doing what you're doing. And girls like Bethany, the girl that you just fought, are going to be your superiors and you're going to have to hear their bullshit all day and you're going to live a shit life. Mm-hmm. Make your choice. I'd rather you be take the path of an officer. And so Ellie's like, OK. And so she, he just lets her out and that's it. Which I'm thinking, man, she must have done this so many times that he's he's really trying the the, the let you off the hook and just see if you actually do it. Yeah, that uh, the killing with kindness or the uh, what is it called? The, some teachers teach with like honey and some teachers uh, vinegar or whatever it is that saying. So he, I guess he was trying like the honey route and see if we can be nice and calm her down a bit. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it works. Uh, as a teacher, I'll say that it depends on how you use the honey because if you don't use it correctly, it will destroy your classroom. But anyway, uh, that conversation ends pretty quick. But what I found interesting is in the game, you don't, you don't ever get to see the Fedra side of anything. Fedra okay. are very much like fascists. They are an antagonist within the game. You cannot trust them. They have the people under their thumb. Everyone who is not related to Fedra or part of Fedra is a second-class citizen fighting for rations. You know what I mean? So just seeing any humanized version of this was very interesting because I mean, it was the first time. And you see what they treat everyone else as. Doesn't it kind of feel like the show is making it feel like it's either you go like, like you have Fedra's fascist way of living or chaos? Like there's, it doesn't seem like to be like there's a middle ground being presented yet. I'm sure eventually there will be, but right now it's like it, you got the fascist fedricide and you just got chaos in the rest of the world. So I'm going to argue that one just because Jackson worked. Jackson, uh, Wyoming looked amazing. Of course, they were a communist. They are a communist uh, <laughs> society, well, but they do have democratically elected people. So it's like technically yeah. communist because everyone shares everything so, and, and people I, don't get paid but i guess that's what i was i guess that's i think i jumped a little bit on the show because you know we the, that you know we're gonna see that uh, uh, that commune later in the episode but up until that point you know it was all just chaos like outside of the little remote um 
oh man, what's his name? Bill? Is it Bill? Bill? Yeah, yeah. I outside of the little world, Bill built. I felt like it was it was just you know it felt like those were two options. But you're right. They, once they introduce this new commune, it, it it does feel like there's a little bit of hope, a little bit of you know for a good future in in, in the series. Yeah, that's the one place where you're like, oh, life can go on. And throughout the in the game, you see that there are other versions as well. Obviously, a lot of different groups come out of it that have different forms of government. It's actually fairly interesting to see, like, the world kind of obviously goes backward. Yeah. But people are allowed to, like, make it their own and see what works and what doesn't. I can see why capitalism doesn't quite work in this world because it's so much harder to get a, get a hold of resources. Yeah. And so if you're a capitalist and you don't have any resources, it's hard for you to it's hard for you to make money. So True. I could see how capitalism would struggle in this version, but I'm sure there's a capitalist society there too, like a true capitalist society. Um, they they move on and you see that she's in her room and she's got the joke book and the comic book from the game, which is a big shout out uh, the comic book and the later in the second game, the trading cards. Uh, I'm not sure if you've played them, but they are always reflections of characters or events and themes in the game. So when you read them, they're always connected to something that's happening in the game without saying it. It's very much always a metaphor. And so I thought that was really cool to add it in. Ellie's supposed to be a big fan of the comics, so that was really cool too. Uh, and in the game, she does find uh, one of those versions of the books on the road. So I guess I didn't realize this, but in this, in the DLC, she has she already has one of the joke books. Okay, so that's interesting. Just random uh, Easter eggs that you see throughout. Now Riley sneaks up on her in like the worst way possible. <laughs> Right. I mean, if you were to be woken up like that, like what's the first reaction you would have, right? You'd same thing. You'd try to kill him, right? Yeah. 1000%. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think she thought that through, but she pretty much reveals to Ellie, like, Hey, I'm back. I didn't die. And I'm a firefly now. Come hang out with me. So Ellie goes and follows her after they, that conversation they have in the bedroom. And you could see there's a little bit of like, flirtatious chemistry but they're not pushing the boundary too much right mm-hmm. uh another easter egg that you see in that room is there is a cassette uh from aha the aha cassette yep yeah and have you played the games eric uh i watched uh was it cole i watched somebody play them i never played them but it was so beautifully created that i actually like sat and watched somebody play them it's worth it right it's actually yeah. worth watching yeah. Now, there's a scene in the second game. They end up in Seattle. I'm not going to say too much because I kind of want you to play it. Um, actually, I don't kind of. Those games are the best games I've ever played. I think you should play them. So there's a scene where they go into Seattle. And if you don't find this room, you're never going to unlock this like little tiny scene. But they go into a room, and then there's a guitar on the floor. And so Ellie picks it up, and the person she's with, she plays an acoustic version of Take On Me by AHA. And I was like, there it is. That's where she knew the song. Uh, the, it comes back around as a big Easter egg from the game. So it's it's really cool. It is very much like a hidden scene in the second game that you you could miss altogether if you don't go into that room. Okay. But but it's it's very quiet, yet very beautiful. So I was like, man, that's a cool Easter egg they threw in there. Nice. Now they get out of the room, and you actually they're gonna go somewhere. We don't know where. Riley's not sitting. Not saying, but Ellie clearly trusts her. 
you see the amount of trust that Ellie has for her. And throughout the show, there's only one other person that I've seen her give that much trust to, and that is Joel. And even at that, it wasn't right at the start. So there's like a clear, strong bond between these two girls. And I find it interesting because I just see a different side of Ellie. One of my, you know, complaints about this show has been that Ellie really only has one emotion and it's like mad kind of, or like obnoxious, which I like, I get, again, we know she's a teenager, but there are times where I'm like, I wish I could get a little something different from you. You get a little bit of that in the episode that they had when they were in Jackson and Joel tries to leave her behind, right? She, she does this famous scene from the game, which is like everyone who's, ever loved who's ever everyone in my life has either left me or died yep and so you see a little bit more emotion in her there but in this episode i mean she she shows the range and i was like thank god she needed this she needed her time to shine too because i was i was not loving ellie as much as i do in the game okay now they show the state of the qz and it's so interesting i mean you see like it looks beat up and run down but you know that there are people living all around it so i I thought that was interesting i was like okay so it would still look pretty pretty raggedy and people are still going to be living in buildings where the floor can fall out from under you because as we see and we as we get into the episode they see a dead guy that riley straight out says he wasn't there yesterday so she's frequented this area several times enough to know that this man who has a bottle on him that they end up taking and some pills was not there and and riley's like dang he drank that with pills and ellie very intelligently says like i think he knew what he was doing and just to see how their reactions that tells you that they've seen a lot in their lives right yeah I was yeah. watching, I was like, damn, that's all you're going to say? <laughs> it, it's it's like, um, she makes a comment about how much he, he paid for it. Uh, like, it must have been expensive or something. I can't remember exactly the wording she used, but she says that. And it, it does, yeah, it does really, it does really just attest to, like, how she's not phased or bothered by it. Like, the thing she's concerned about is how expensive it costs or how much that must have cost them. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was definitely a scene to me where I was like, oh my god. So they must be, they must really just have seen it all by at this point. Yeah. Now they're going to see a lot more in a minute. Now, they finally, they start getting on these rooftops, they're jumping over, and they finally get to this location. Uh, (laughs) uh, Riley takes her in, and she tells her to go stand in a certain spot. And they turned the power on, but the area is pretty much abandoned. Ellie says, we can't, we can't go here, because it turns out it's the mall. And Ellie says, we can't go here. It's full of infected. And Riley's like, well, then why isn't it closed off? So they are both assuming there are no infected. And so they go in on their happy way. And Ellie, Ellie is standing in the middle of a dark mall when finally all the lights get turned on. And I will admit, the lights in a mall are pretty impressive, especially if you've never seen that before. Yeah. And you really don't get a whole lot of like light at night besides street lamps. That must have been a sight to see. Yeah, I mean the arcades, the the like the neon lights and the what's it called the food court. Like it, it's <laughs> definitely an experience, man. Like you get used to it as you know we live in a society where you go to the mall once a month or once a week or whatever, and it's just but like you realize, like man, she's probably never seen this. It looks like a fucking playground, right? You look, yeah. You're walking around, you're like, what the fuck. It's it's pretty impressive. Uh, another Easter egg from the game. They have a poster of what looks. It's pretty much a Twilight knockoff, right? It's called 
<laughs> Dawn of the Wolf. So this one, he's a wolf, right? And that's an Easter egg from the game. Ellie has has this obsession with knowing more about it. And she talks to Joel about it, who turns out he had taken Sarah to see some of the films, and that's why he knew about them. Yeah. Uh, so they're going through, and Ellie gets to see what an escalator is. Tell me that's not how you felt the first time like you could remember getting on an escalator as a kid. I actually refused to get on the first time when I was a kid. Oh, you could remember that? No, I, uh, yeah. I definitely I, I got I, on. I, actually, one of the, like, I don't know if it was the first time, but, like, I, I consciously remember, like, crying in the mall. Or I think it was, like, a Nordstrom or something. And I was like, Mom, I don't want to go on it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And she, like, had to pick me up and show me that nothing would happen. That's hilarious, man. That's funny. The craziest things that we're afraid of, you know, I ended up uh, crying because I was afraid. Of, and the funny thing is I loved the Ninja Turtles. But there were guys in Ninja Turtle suits, and for some reason they scared the shit out of me. So I was like, oh, no, don't make me go. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so they move on. They're going down. They're checking out some of the, the shops to see, you know, what the world was like before. And they go by a Victoria's Secret. And they're pretty much talking about, like, this is what they used to wear. And, of course... These girls don't want to admit that they like each other because they're afraid that the other person is not going to reciprocate. And worse, that, I mean, this is a world that's like 2003, so it would have been probably a bigger deal that they are gay and that that could be an issue for their friendship altogether, right? Yeah. And so Riley says, like, oh, I was just imagining you in it, and then just laughs. Uh, And I think that's out of nervousness right because in my mind i'm thinking why were you imagining her in it then huh what were you why were you thinking about that you're saying it kind of mean but why were you thinking about it yeah i mean when you're that age <laughs> like you know comments like that usually tend to be rooted more in a you know crush or you know having feelings for you phase than than, than that of like hate or anything so yeah that makes total sense like and they were building to it you could see them like when they were when they were just running around talking and there was so much chemistry and, and you, I, I couldn't, I would like, so as somebody who didn't play the game fully, I didn't fully know that that was coming, but I kind of, you could kind of feel it like, Oh, okay. Like, I think they do like each other. Yeah. And it felt very much like, I don't, I don't know how you feel about it, but like when you had a crush at that age, if the, the chemistry that they had, the way they acted towards each other was very much like what I remember from when I was younger. I'm like, Oh yeah. People did act like that. Like yeah, that's that's exactly true. how people yeah, they acted they, all they, awkward and like weird, but also like couldn't stop getting your attention. Yeah, they 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 hit that on the net, like they hit it on the head the way they portrayed that. Like it, that's that is how kids react. That is like human emotion. They did a great job portraying it between both of them. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Now she takes her, of course. After this, Ellie gets a little self conscious, right? You see her like trying to fix her hair, trying to look, trying to look pretty. You know what I mean? Like she's like. I want her to look at me the way that, you know, these people or the men looked at these, these women in these different outfits. Right. Yeah. And so you see that coming more and more. And the, the first place that Riley takes her to is a merry-go-round. All of this is straight out of the game. You see those, those teen emotions where they just like, they want to say it, but they're scared. Right. Then they go to the photo booth, man, that photo booth scene is in the game as well. It plays it so well. And it just continues. It continues this this feeling of like they've had a long history. There's some there's something special between them. And then finally it all comes to a head when they get to the arcade. 
well, actually right after the arcade, but we get a little hint of what's going to come in the arcade. So they go play Mortal Kombat. Uh, Riley knew that this would be a hit for Ellie. She knew the arcade would be amazing. And I thought it was hilarious that they named the arcade. I think it was, um, God, I think it was like Alibaba or something like that. I, that might not be right, but it's funny because in El Paso, I don't know if you remember this, Eric, at Sale of Vista Mall, we had an arcade when we were kids and it was called the Aladdin Arcade. And I was like, what's up with that theme? Why is it, why, why is it like these uh, Arabian Nights names? <laughs> I don't think I ever went there, dude. What? Oh, yeah. 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 In El Paso, there. there's, there's a mall, everyone. Most of you know. Sela Vista, it was on the bottom floor next to where now Macy's is. Uh, back okay. then, I can't even remember what it was back then. It's changed so many times. Uh, but they had an Aladdin arcade. It was just full of arcade games. Uh, it was really cool. And it looked very similar to the arcade that we see there. So I definitely uh, knew what they were trying to do there. It was badass that they did Mortal Kombat too, because I feel like that's one of the most famous arcade games of the 90s. Really? Okay. Yeah, Dang, yeah. I, I missed that growing up, dude. That sucks. Ah, yeah, man. I I only got to go a few times, but it was like the greatest moment when I did. Uh, in the game, they actually have a whole water gun fight, which I think happens in the next place. But I was I was a little sad that they didn't have that in this one. But they did have an amazing cinematic shot. There were a bunch of great cinematic shots, like when the when the mall lights turn on. Uh, some of the other sequences, but I think my favorite sequence is when it shows them in the arcade and then it zooms out and then it slowly turns the camera and goes around the corner to the next shop into a doll store to see like these tentacles that have been growing and growing and on the wall is a an infected who can still get up. Like his his body is still there. He hasn't fully become fungus yet. Yeah. And you know there's trouble coming. So they leave the arcade and this is what I, this is the next part. They get into a fight because you see pipe bombs. And obviously Ellie's like, this isn't even about me. She gets mad. She tries to storm off. What a tragic goodbye that would have been. That would have been terrible. So, I mean, obviously she comes back because she hears, or she comes back because she knows this could be the last time I see her. I can't end it this way. And so she hears screaming and she goes to see if it's Riley. And it turns out it is a horror halloween. shop a halloween shop yeah halloween shop and she's like this was the last place i thought you'd like it uh if it's stupid i'm sorry and then she's just like all let down and it just shows that like they they definitely even riley was very much just trying to do this amazing like it was an act of you know love or what, yeah. what are those things they call when it's like a like uh, over the top act that shows how much you love somebody. God, what are those oh. called? Oh man, what is it? Like a dis- like a display of affection, but a um, damn it, dude. I, I know, know exactly what me. you're talking about. Dude. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. It's like when you do the prom thing, you do a big old thing, like yes, oh, yes. Oh my god, there's a name for it. Well, it'll pop in one of our heads at some point. Yeah, at some point, I'm gonna message you and be like, "It's this." <laughs> listeners please let us know what it is as well we'll be kicking ourselves but at this point uh they talk about it more and ellie's like you know what if if you want to be a firefly if this is what you want to do i support you 
I understand that you're going to have to leave to Atlanta. Um, and so Riley is like happier about this, right? She's like, okay, we can, we can kind of move forward. And um, although I will say there's one conversation that they have before it. And she's like, you've never experienced, you don't know what it's like to have a family. At first I thought that was a pretty harsh thing to tell Ellie, but as she goes in, you see what she means by it. And it's like, you know what it's, you don't know what it's like to belong. So it doesn't bother you if you don't. You know what and, I mean? And I'm glad you brought that up because one of the most, like, that that conversation they had about her asking her, like, because, you know, she finds out she's actually there and for patrol for Fireflies. That's, like, that's the area she's supposed to be patrolling. And she's, like, feels like she's kind of recruiting her to be a Firefly. And she asks her, like, are you really here for me? Are you really here to recruit me? And then they have, you know, the little exchange where you can tell that Riley is, I want you here because I want you here. Whatever happens. You know, I want, I would like for you to come to Atlanta with me. But then the part that really got me was, was how self-aware Riley was to say that, uh, you know, Fedra had assigned me to be, what is it, watching to, to be watching the people that shoveled the, uh, the shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was like, and that's all they think of me. And it's like, man, like, as, as a 13, 14, or whatever, may she, whatever she may be, like, that's, it's profound that she has that awareness and she sees that there's more value to her in life than just being somebody that does that. And she wants to bring the person she cares the most with, with her and not just be a tool for Fedra. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's interesting that, you know, you see, and it's funny because when you think back to it at that age, like if someone told you all you're good for is watching people shovel shit, like I'd probably react the same way. Right. I'd be yeah. like, fuck you. Like, that's all you think of me. I would want to find a different path. Right. And so I, I just thought, I thought the writing on that was fantastic. Uh, it shows a perspective that Ellie needs to understand more at times. And I love Riley's biggest line is that it's okay that you don't know everything. Because yeah. when you watch Ellie, you're like, oh, yeah, she is someone who tries to pretend that she knows everything. And so it's funny for there to have always been someone there to be like, no, like, let's get back down to earth. Calm down. Right. Uh, but anyway. So they're in there. They start getting up and dancing on top of the, on top of the countertops. Uh, there's a version of "I Got You, Babe" playing by. Jeez, which version was it? It wasn't the Sunny and Cher one. It was a lot more like, it had a lot more rhythm. I don't know whose uh, it was, but it was a, it was a good version of "I Got You, Babe." I wait, mean, which, I thought which, it was better than the original. Which which scene was it in again? It was when they're in the Halloween store, and uh, she puts it on the intercom. Through the Walkman, I thought that was pretty cool. Wait, I thought that was the Cure. No, that uh, wasn't the Cure, was it? No, the Cure plays at some point as well. I think it's on the merry-go-round. I remember the Cure being played, and that's probably why that stuck with me. But yeah, I'd, I'd have to go look into it, which one it was. Yeah, shout out to the Cure song on the merry-go-round, though. Uh, it was funny because the the showrunners were talking about, it, and they're like, "That must be the coolest merry-go-round ever." I've never heard one that has that has. Uh, the cure playing or anything like i think it was the cure that was playing on that scene but i know for sure it's i got you babe playing i don't know who it was i'm looking at it now and there's a version by etta james that definitely could be it because it sounded very much of that style and tone so it could be etta james but get back to us listeners if you know for sure now they're dancing and then you see uh ellie can't dance worth a shit riley's dancing dancing away and then she turns around and as she turns around ellie stops and 
the showrunners themselves were saying like this is how good Bella Ramsey is and I, th- I thought the same thing I was like oh this is a good moment like you could see the body uh, the body language that shows like like how much she cares about this person like how much she just wants to tell her how much she cares about her yeah like there's all this pent-up emotion because she just stops and she's just staring at her and she takes off the mask and then Riley takes off the mask and she's like don't go and that's a heartbreaking line, right? Yeah. Especially when you know what's coming next. And then Riley just says, okay. And she kisses her right then and there. And right afterward, Ellie realizes like, oh no, I could get in a lot of trouble. She could reject me. What am I doing? She's like, I'm sorry. And Riley says, for what? And they're both just so extremely happy that they feel the same way. I thought that was a beautiful scene, man. I thought that was a really beautiful scene. Like even, even if you take out the fact that they're gay, it's still a scary moment like even for someone who's like like a straight person at that age like kissing someone that you really like and you don't know if they're going to kiss you back it's it's scary as hell yeah i mean i mean every, everybody's been there when they're young and you have that first experience and and the build up to it you know they they show the history they show the tension they show the chemistry um in, in, in a crazy situation that they're in and like, you know, it's still, it's a glimmer of hope because it still works out, you know, for the time being, it is a very beautiful scene. I will agree with you. And, and, you know, the fact that they stuck with, and I think it's because the showrunner is the guy who created the game, right? One of them is the other one is one Craig of, Mazin. He did Chernobyl. So like, you know, he, he's, he's gotten attached to the game and he's trying to bring that game to the big screen and they're doing a great job. So, I mean, all of it was great. Um, me and you have talked outside about my dislike for episode three for outside (laughs) just because they went so far off script and did so many different things but this one was done very well handled very well and they are able to build a lot of emotion through minimal like I, i guess hollywood likes to explore like that side of it but they you could see the bond you could see the chemistry you could see the love there through very minimal interaction. Yeah, that, that was what impressed me because I was like, these young actors are doing a pretty good job. Now, Bella Ramsey's actually like, what, 20 years old? I don't know how Storm, how old Storm Reed is, but they look hella young. Like, they haven't they haven't been, you know, acting in serious roles like this that many times, I would think. So I, kudos to them for, like, making me feel the feelings that I haven't felt since I was, like, you know, like 14, 15 years old. I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly what that feels like. Good work. kudos to you and so they're both excited that they're going to be making a new path together and right as this happens an infected attacks now in the game it's like a bunch of them while they're while they're still up on top of the the countertop and riley's shooting them you're trying to find sticks to just hit them with and you guys escape into another room blah 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 now this one, it's one, which makes more sense because if it were more, I feel like they both would have died. They only had one gun. They got surprised. There's no way that they would have escaped, right? Yeah. So seeing it, seeing them both fight one and have to kill it together makes so much more sense. But they both end up getting bit. They both end up getting bit. That motherfucker got them both. Now we know that this is the way that Ellie finds out that she is immune. And I'm glad that they didn't show it because I think it would have just been a little too much. But we also know that this is the way we we see how Riley dies, right? This is this is the end of the road for Riley. And she says just as much. I think one of my favorite lines uh, from her was that 
you know, this happens to everybody, but we don't quit. And I'm going to get back to that line in a moment because it has a lot to do to me with what Ellie is doing in that cabin with Joel. Cause you see it very much, yeah. but did you notice that right after they realize that they've been bit, it, you see Ellie lose her mind while, I mean, while Riley's just sitting, right? Ellie's losing her mind, like destroying all the countertops with a, with a bat. Yeah. And then she's screaming like in a primal fucking rage. And if you look in, if you look at her face, there's this feeling of, cause she just had probably the happiest moment of her fucking life. Like if you look at her history, you're like, Oh, this probably is one of the highlights of your life. Like, and it literally got taken away with you, away from you immediately. You could just imagine like knowing all that potential is gone right in the moment. That must be this extreme feeling of anger and frustration. I, I couldn't have related more to her than in that scene. <laughs> And she's destroying the fucking countertops. I, I I thought it was hilarious when uh when uh Riley's character was like, "There's more stuff over there you can break." Like, yeah. he usually wasn't done throwing a tantrum. <laughs> it's like right over there, right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a good line. I forgot about that. Now going back to the "We Don't Quit" line that Riley gives Ellie, you you can see that that's a mantra that she lives by because once it cuts back to Joel and Ellie and she's frantically looking throughout the house for something and you finally see that she finds a thread and needle and you know like you look at this you look in her face and I mean to me it's very clearly like as she's trying to stitch him up which by the way that one tear on Joel there's a lot of reasons he could have that tear my get my thought was that he was like I'm gonna die here and I wasn't able to protect Ellie but there's a bunch of different reasons he could have that he could just be like I wish that wasn't the way that I had to say goodbye. You know, he's like, he's in agony. He could be in so much pain. Uh, may not want to die alone. But to me, it was like, I'm going to die here. And I never got to finish what I started. I, I think I would, I think I would say it's, it's a combination of that, but also, you know, he lost his daughter. Um, he's lost his brother, technically. Like, I know his brother's still alive, but they're, they don't, from the previous episode, they have that falling out. I know they make it right at the end, but it's not the same anymore. Yeah. Obviously, Tessa dies and, and, and everybody else is dying. And I think having that, that love reciprocated to him and, 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 and her saying, like, hey, I'm going to do what I can to help save you because you've done so much for me. I think that's what just overwhelmingly weighs on him more than, than anything is, is, as he's feeling like love. Like, I, I protected this little girl and now she's helping me when I need it. And, and now I think that's just a, it's a heavy emotion to carry. I would agree. You know what? I could see that too. Absolutely. Like the fact that she's not willing to give up on him. Like that's when he also knows that she feels the same way about him that he feels about her. Like because for all intents and purposes, he is her dad. And yeah. she is his daughter. Like, and you hear it throughout the show, like, you know, I used to kill people, now I only kill bad people. And and even when when they meet Tom Tommy and the and is it Wyoming when they meet him? Yeah, when yes, they meet right. him in Wyoming. And, you know, the, the theme of the episode is, is you know, Tom, uh, or they've done a lot of bad stuff and they're trying to make it right now. Tom, Tommy's having a kid and blah, blah, blah. And I think in that moment, regardless of everything that that character's heard about him, she's like, he's protected me. I'm going to return it. And he's not being judged. He's not being, you know, it's just, it's just a pure, like, friendly love loving like connection between them and i, I dude, honestly like if you're if you've been dealing with that for 20 years 
and the innocence of a child who's not so innocent herself has had a crazy life. She, you know what I mean? Her willingness to stay there and help you and not give up on you. I think that, that, that would just weigh a lot, man. Like I, I just try to view from like, maybe I'm a soft human, but I just feel like that shit would be a lot to carry. No, I definitely, I like your take, man. I didn't, I didn't look at it that way. And I definitely can see that, that would definitely be something that like brings Joel into an even deeper uh, feeling of what his world is now. Right. Like he knows like she, this girl is my world now. Like at, at this point yeah. in my life, she is what I am pushing for. And in the like, game, at some point, there is a line at the very end of the game. I don't want to give it context to, to mess anything up for the show. But there's a line where, where he, he does say um, to Ellie's, like, you have to find reasons to keep going. And I think she's his. She is definitely his reason to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, they've been teasing it, like, with the – and I might be completely off basis here, but, like, with the, with the jokes, the funny joke book and the pun book and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want to connect with her on that level because it reminds him of his daughter exactly exactly but he couldn't help it with that diarrhea joke that was that one you know it's funny i've heard that joke before but watching them laugh about it in the in the kansas city episode it still got me to laugh i was like fair enough i chuckled a little bit when they did the uh i couldn't find the sun and it dawned on me (laughs) oh that's a good one that's a good one (laughs) oh man but uh, another note Eric, um, very serious. Uh, Doomsday Prepper and me once again is coming out. This shows the importance of sewing, ladies and gentlemen. You need to know someone who can sew. (laughs) Watching that, I was like, oh my god, I need to know somebody who can sew, just in case they gotta stitch me up, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, very true. That's a good skill to have. Yeah, we need to... I I do know some nurses, so if the end of the world happens, and be like, hey, come on over, guys. Let's let's do this together. (laughs) But um, anyway, the show pretty much ends there. You know that Ellie's going to try to stitch him up. Uh, if you've played the game, you know what's going to happen next. Uh, if you haven't played the game, I don't want to ruin anything. We'll see what happens with Ellie and Joel. But you do see the preview, which is a lot more like what happens in the game. Uh, it, it opens up to in the game, it opens up to her doing a whole hunt. And like, there's the sequence where you have to chase a deer, you shoot it three times. And finally, like it ends up dying in this one area, but you run into some other people. Mm. Now this group of people in the show, you get this hint that this group of people want to kill Ellie for some reason or another. A lot of what you hear is it's another mouth to feed and they're what looks to be their leader or someone important in the group is David. In the game, you actually have a whole sequence where you have to survive uh, a few zombies, just you and David. And it shows all the way through the sequence where you meet. The, the preview shows all the way through the sequence where you meet and get out of the area where David's group is. So I, I definitely want to see how that plays out because the, some, of the most, some of the most difficult... There's one point of this game that is probably the most difficult part of the game for me to date... Uh, that is in this section to this day it stresses me out to play it so whenever i replay because i've replayed this game like six times and when i replay it i still to this day hate it i hate it because (laughs) it's such it's so stressful and like you just feel the emotion of just like oh my god oh my god i don't want to say what it is until next week but 
did you get to see the preview? Uh, I don't watch the previews. I, I oh. actually, um, one thing about like stuff like this is, is um, with trailers, like for Marvel, for Marvel movies and all these other movies, I just don't want to know anything. Just let me watch it and be blown away. You know, respect. I'm not that person. Um, we've talked about this at length on our chats, but I'm not that person. I don't, you know, yeah. it's, it's gotta be like a really big or an important spoiler for me to be like, Oh, why? Otherwise I'm like, no, I want to get immersed in it. I want to know more about it. I want to, I want to see some details, whatever it may be. Yeah. So I won't say too much from there, but what I will say is this point is the, in the game is definitely really interesting. Cause most of it you were playing as Ellie. Yeah. And then of course, uh, there's a point where you wake up as Joel and you get to see uh, Joel's reaction to the entire situation. And it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. So I can't yeah. wait for next week, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to tune in. Um, I am going to, I do have the games downloaded on, on the old, the old Xbox here, but um, I think I'm going to have to wait till I get back from Japan and I beat Hogwarts to play it, but it is on my, it is the very next game I'm going to play. I'm going to play them both back to back. And uh, I'll, I'll keep you updated. Uh, sorry, yeah, place on Jermaine's PlayStation Five. I'm gonna play them both back to back, and then uh, I'm going to you know follow up with you and 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 talk to you about it. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! Please, like, I love talk. I love having a reason to talk about Last of Us. This is why I'm so happy about the show. So once you talk, once you play the game, like, tell me everything that you think of it. Because even even the little artifacts you you find tell little stories about where people the people that live there and what happened to them. Okay. And it's just wild. It just expands the world so much. I have heard it's the greatest storytelling game of all time. I would agree. I would, I've, the one that for me was pretty close, and I haven't played some of these more sprawling RPGs, but one of the other ones that's very similar to this one for me was Bioshock. Okay. I really hope they remake it because it was just an amazing idea. And I think with some even better scripting, it could be at the level it would it would be more sci-fi than last of us is because yeah. that's just the nature of it mm-hmm. but it could be at the same level because it has some really interesting ideas would be sick would be sick all right i know that you've got to go eric yep. so i'm not going to take too much more time from you uh do you have any shout outs make sure you do a plug for what you're about to do uh, yeah i mean shout out shout out to you and jay man always uh always appreciate you having me on jay i hope he's living it up down in the cr um but yeah, man. Much love. I like coming on this on the podcast with you guys. I mean, this is shit I talk about with my roommate and friends and chats and everything. So anytime you guys want me on, if I can make it happen, I definitely will. Obviously, to uh, you guys' loyal fan base, if you uh, want to give uh, Podcast Room 303 a shot, uh, you know, we do sports betting, uh, sports, uh, a little bit of pop culture. So tune in. Uh, pretty much the same group of friends. Uh, you know, we all run in the same circle. So if you like the tone and the, uh, you know, the vibes on this podcast, I don't think you would. I, th- I actually, I think you would like ours. Uh, but man, much love to you guys. I listen weekly. I love what you guys are doing, and I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you, man. Uh, honestly, I love when you do the pop culture pickums. I always get excited to hear what your takes are. Yeah. Uh, and now that I understand betting a little bit better, the pod really runs smooth for me. I'm like, oh, I get what they're saying. I get what they're saying. For yeah, the most part. You know, we don't go too deep into <laughs> it, but we do have, you know, there you do have to learn the betting lingo. But um, a little heads up. So we're running in, I'm running, I'm literally leaving this recording to jump into, we're recording like three episodes tonight. But uh, um, what's it called? Uh, 
pop culture pickup tonight. I'll give it to you first. Uh, it's gonna be things that you hated until you were an adult. So tune in. Oh, uh, okay, wanna, okay. Yeah, if you want to think of your list and, and have it ready or whatever, I, we you know we love fan interaction. We love you guys' feedback. So, but I want to give you a little insight there. We're gonna be doing things you top five things that you uh, didn't like until you were an adult. So that's gonna be a good one. Okay, I definitely, I'm going to think about those. I'm going to talk to my wife about them too. Which reminds me, listeners, please, we, we have a question at the, at the bottom of this recording in Spotify. You can submit a question for our mailbag episode. We're going to try to do it next week. Um, but that's it for us. Please turn in those mailbag episode questions. Uh, shout out to family. Love you guys. Thank you for supporting me. And we'll see you all next week for Revenge of the past.